0: and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCready.
1: Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil. That is Tyler. Welcome into our show. Neil McCrady, Tyler Siski here with you on this uh, Monday, July the 24th. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. Please hit the uh, the like button here and uh, hit the subscribe button. It's free. You don't really have to pay for anything. If you'd like to pay for something, you can. I can give you a Venmo, I can give you a PayPal, we can make that work.
2: Hell, I can send you an invoice if you want an invoice. Yeah, I
1: mean, whatever. how are you going to do that? But you don't have to, just to, but do hit the subscribe button. We're up up over 6,000 subscribers. I'd love to get to 10,000 subscribers. That's my goal for the fall. I don't know that it's possible, but we're going to shoot for it. We're getting there. We're gonna, we have some plans to try
2: to get there. Please hit that button, it's free. And uh, we'd love to have you. TikTok's doing well. Yeah. Cole's done a hell of a job. Has done. it. Yeah, I, I think we're like five hundred short from monetizing TikTok.
1: I had some had some feedback from people uh, about uh, TikTok when I was in Nashville. Believe it or not, there was a lot of people that that uh, that talked about our presence on TikTok.
2: Speaking of rain, yep, I'm going with a harvest grape today. Okay, it's been probably a month since I've had a harvest grape. Okay, and you get that appreciation when you haven't had something for a while. Mm-hmm. Man, this hits like a grape Fanta. It's just oh. I it's like grape fan It's just it's where it's at. So if you get a chance to get you a rainstorm, try the go harvest grape. We
1: are uh, brought to you as we said by Rain Total Body Fuel. It's got three hundred milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Uh yeah, Josh Pate. Josh Pate's a stud. Um, he's done a phenomenal job. Josh Pate. Um, maybe as much as anybody in in the entire industry has a brand I love josh's story uh I, he's too big now for me to get him on with me but um he's huge and he built that damn thing from the ground up himself he's terrific at what he does he uh he was a kind of because of his reach was kind of a must stop for coaches at SEC media days he's had a bunch of guys on kiffin sabin kirby um I think Brian Kelly. I'm, there, I'm sure there were others. Maybe Josh Heupel. There, there were a lot of others that came on his show. He's he's a beast. I give him tons of credit. He he has been able to do what I have struggled to do. I have struggled to escape the bounds of beat the old Miss guy. I can't get I can't get past it. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm working on it, but uh, it's 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 because you don't wear your
2: hog hat enough.
1: You know what's funny, man? Is like, we, seriously, we will talk about Arkansas on, at times on this show, and I will send this to people who have Arkansas reach, and they won't, they won't do it because they're so scared of me being the old Miss guy. Unbelievable. But like they've done that, uh, my buddies at the next round, Ryan Brown, yeah. Dunaway, Lance Taylor, they kick ass. They had a huge, great setup. I did their show on uh, Thursday in um, in Nashville. They they had a setup. I'm super happy for them. So proud of them. I knew about. I'm always careful what I say. I knew a lot about what they were working on before it was public. Yeah. But, well, actually before it was even like I knew of the concept when they were still thinking about what they were going to do Yeah, and trying to decide. And they've just torn it up big time, big time happy for them. I'm, And I'm not one of these people that gets jealous of other people's success. I get happy for people. I know how hard it is to get where they've gotten, how hard it was for Josh Pate to get to where he got. I'm super pumped for it.
2: No, they do a good job, man. It's what's lovely about me. If you talk ball, enjoy sports, listen to them all. I don't, I don't hate anybody. Oh, no, no,
1: absolutely. It's,
2: I, listen, I listen to all those guys when I have time, which I don't have a lot of time, but I, when I have time, I do. Yeah,
1: I have people say, if you could do a do-over, what would you do? It would have been 10 years ago when I realized, well, it was more like eight years ago when I realized this podcasting thing is kind of interesting. I would have immediately at that point ventured outside of just one genre. Yep. Because I think that's where my strength lies a little bit. Yep. And uh, because when you're limited to one school, one fan base, it's, it is it is finite. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No. It's all finite. But if you like Pate and you become like the voice of college football in his mind, not in his mind, but in. Right, life, right. You, well, now you have a whole bunch of markets yeah, you, you can it. draw from. and That's one of the reasons that his numbers have taken off.
2: All right, uh I want to go ahead and start with this. Um and then for those that uh don't know, K D Hill had an accident this weekend, uh a car accident that's going into his football career. I, I'm just obviously thankful he's alive. Um, but just a I wanted to say from somebody that was around him every day for what I was what two years, two and a half years where it was. Just a unbelievable human being. Talk to everyone. Super nice. I've never had a, I've never had anything negative. Like you could, some kids would be like, yeah, he's a good kid, but he's a turd. You know, he he doesn't practice hard. You guys recruited him right out of follow. So he was recruited. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was in the interim class. He was here when I got here. All right. So, okay. um, but he was obviously young. But so I think he was an 18 class. I, I'd have to go back and look. But regardless, just a so the tail end of Hughes' time here. Maybe Matt's interim year. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but anyway, long story short, is the guys—you cannot find a human being inside that building that ever met the met the guy that thought something negative about him. Just a great human being, could always count on him to do the right things. Mm-hmm. When you know you needed him in a game, he always showed up. He always took the uh, just always took took one for the team. He's team guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He
1: just. I'll give you a media example. Great human. I give you a media example. At the end of seasons, especially in today's modern college football, where these programs, for whatever reason, are so guarded and so locked down. By the end of the year, stuff's going on inside the programs almost without fail, right? You know, yeah. people are tired, it's a long year. And we start getting the same four or five guys. Yeah. And they show up, like, who are we getting? used to be mike hilton back in the day mike hilton and i would be the guy that goes i love mike but we have talked to mike three times in the last two weeks like what in the hell is he going to talk about what are we going to ask him you're bringing him in here he's going to stare at us we're going to stare at him let's just if y'all don't want us to talk to anybody just tell us you know what's talking about yeah well KD hill was that guy last year yeah hey we're bringing in KD. why why are you doing that to KD? but every time he would come in smile on his face he didn't want to talk to us, Yeah, and we didn't have anything really to ask him, and he was going to be the corporate guy. Hey, what's going wrong with the season? You know, we're just really working hard, blah, 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 blah. But there are times with people who aren't the same, and I'm not naming names, who don't have the same level of character as a guy like KD, who they would come in and get kind of pissed off that we didn't have anything to ask. And they'd look at you like, why, why, why am I here? And we'd look at him like, well, we don't know why you're here. Yeah. Ask them, you know. Katie was never that guy. He was always pleasant, smile on his face. You know, did a that doesn't from the outside, nobody would think that's a hard job, but that's tough. You're coming in and and the media is frustrated because we wanted to talk to Quinchon. We wanted to talk, you know, to to whoever. whoever. We wanted to talk to the people that, hey, what's going on? Like, what happened? What's what's happening with, you know, we wanted to talk to somebody who was a Millie Keith last year because if you asked Malik a question hey is this Kiffin thing a a distraction he'd tell you the truth right (laughs) that's probably what it wasn't and that's why he wasn't in there (laughs) and so it was that kind of thing but Katie so I'm I'm like you I'm I'm totally totally cheering for you uh Katie in the event that you you see this uh, yeah I love
2: him I think he's one of the finest human beings I've ever been associated with on a football field I just it's sad but I'm also at the same time happy that he's alive
1: all right, so we'll touch on this quick because yeah. it's kind of old news, but uh, you had some takeaways yeah. from SEC Media Days.
2: I saw a lot of clicks. You know, it's SEC Media Days. People gotta gotta take their shots to get their deal. So Nick Saban. People don't realize he is not lying about this quarterback competition. People think, oh, you're 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 just saying that. You know, you brought in a guy from Notre Dame. You know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, I'm going to tell you two things. One is I know for a fact he's not because I've actually uh, was – well, I guess one of the last ones may have been the last ones that he actually had a quarterback competition, uh, maybe the second last one. When Jake Coker uh, came in from Florida State and Blake Sims was there, um, we, we went to a staff meeting on Saturday morning, like the third scrimmage. Yeah, third scrimmage. In the staff meeting that morning, he said, we're naming Jake. He go, He didn't say we. He goes, I'm going to name Jake. We've got like two weeks left for the opener. I'm going to name Jake the starter at, at the press conference after the scrimmage. That's how we left the staff meeting that morning. Right. We went and had the scrimmage. Didn't go so well. It was like a driving rainstorm and Jake didn't do well. He didn't make an announcement at the uh, press conference and let it play out for a couple more days before he ended up naming Blake. And so when, I, when he says that there's a real quarterback, you know, he's not in a hurry. He is not in a hurry. He's not. And I'll say this. People forget about this. So they bring in uh, Buckner from um, Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Tommy Reese. They think Tommy Reese is the OC, so it makes sense to bring him in. Ty Simpson's the one that's ahead because Tommy Reese is not changing the playbook. People forget about that. This isn't your normal OC deal. He's running Alabama stuff. So right. if anybody has a head, a head start, it's Ty Simpson, not not uh, Buckner, right? Right. So. Um, on that, so I thought that was interesting. People would think, oh, he knows who he's doing. Um, I saw a lot of this. Uh, Jimbo was playing coy again on the play calling. Look, I, people can call it what they want to call it. It's stupid. Everybody inside the coaching world, I think he's doing it because he thinks people don't know and that he can keep people from preparing early in the season for his stuff or or his stuff. Bobby Petrino is calling the offense, Period. Shocker breaking news. Bobby Petrino was calling an offense. I don't know what Jimbo's mode is here. Why not just say that? I don't know. I that's the only only thing I can think of is that he's trying to say, Oh, you, you gotta prepare for me, you gotta prepare for Bobby, who you gotta prepare for. That's the only thing I can think of. Everybody's got four hundred staffers on their staff these days. They're preparing for everything. But I don't know. I, I just uh well you there's only so much time you can prep and practice. That's I understand that's, that's that. the trick. It I understand it really that. is an advantage if you don't know. But
1: who's Texas AM playing week one?
2: I know they got Miami early. It's not it's week two, though, right? Okay,
1: so whoever they're playing week one, there's going to be film. Let's
2: so see. it's, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean it, I, I, it bothers you, I know. Well, I just, I they think playing they're playing the New, New Mexico Lobos. It's an unnecessary Miami thing. Week two, playing fun row week three though.
1: It's an unnecessary thing. They're going to have three weeks of film by the play by the time they play Arkansas in, in league play. So Arkansas is going to have three weeks of film to prepare for, and they've got. Five thousand staffers there too, so they're going to have people that, that look at trends and figure it out and all that stuff, and they're going to know they're running Petrino's offense. But they're going to be scouting for Petrino's offense, not Jimbo's. If that's the case, I just thought it was weird. You know what I mean? It, well, because it was weird. Like, I mean, I don't. You had Petrino's all, calling. You had you had the whole week to know or how long you prepared for this to know. Hey, the first thing they're going to ask you about is Petrino and the offense. So get on message. I I am alarmed when a head coach is not on message. Just me. It sent up alarm bells for me. I was like, wait, but, wh- but why? Why not just say, hey, yeah, we hired Bobby. He's terrific at what he does. Um, it's his offense. I'm obviously going to be able to – I'm the head coach. I'm going to be there for support, blah, 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 yeah, blah. I'll do what
2: a head coach does.
1: I'm going to do what a head coach does, but no, this is Bobby's offense. End of, end of conversation. Yeah. But he didn't do that, and he didn't do it. And when he <laughs> didn't do it, I, I went, you know
2: what? I, know, I knew when he said that, I shit you not. I was listening to it. I was working on, I was working on some stuff at work and I had it on like another side computer. And as soon as he did that, I didn't text you because I knew you were working. Like I didn't bother you during while I knew you were actually doing stuff. Um, I was like, I guarantee you that triggered Neil. I guarantee you. Well, it just,
1: it didn't trigger me, but it made went me, like this. I went, Oh, <laughs> Oh, he's
2: unwilling to say that out loud.
1: And I just thought that was interesting. Anyway. Go All ahead.
2: right. And then last thing, uh, Lane, look. Lane is Lane, but he's telling the truth about this big picture stuff with the NLI and pay for play, and the problems. I will say this: Look, there's no secret that by me and Lane. If there's a secret, I'm apologize. Catch up. There's a lot of podcasts you can listen to. Um, grind. I'm picking Arkansas to finish fifth. That's not high on them. Fifth. We're gonna get into the SEC Western in just yeah. a minute, grind. Uh, But, look, Lane's telling the truth in big picture. I respect the hell out of him as a play caller. I respect that. Like, I wish as vocal as he is, and hopefully that will – he's been very big picture with you guys in local media. Yes. Very big picture. Yes. It's
1: all he he really likes to talk
2: about. But not so much national media, right? A little bit, not a lot. right. I wish he was more vocal because – that's one thing we do agree did on. Did you see the
1: pushback he got from some of the national people? They did not appreciate it being but called a disaster. To
2: do he does, but he's but he's the only one that's really talking about it. Which I don't understand why. I don't understand why there are plenty of coaches. Why can't I'll say this? Why can he talk about it like that? Because he just signed a brand new nine million dollar a year contract. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can fire his ass tomorrow. He'll go to Boca. I promise you, he'll be fishing by by lunch. It may not even take him that long. Okay, he's secure. Sure. He's, he's, he's good. Whatever happens, he's good for forever. But there are other coaches out there like that, that I wish in a national audience, which he had, because he's saying the same thing we've been saying for, since we started the show. And I'm glad I agree with him a hundred percent. I was hoping to God, somebody was going to follow up the question about the, nobody asked the question about canceling the transfer rule. And I wish they would do that. It would make it a lot easier, but anyway, we'll move on. All right. Um, I want to touch on this briefly. I text you about this over the break at some point in time. I don't remember when. Have you watched the quarterback show on Netflix?
1: Uh I have. You and several other people recommended it to me. People who know me. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know me, if it's like, hey, we're gonna do this hardcore football show. I'm like, I'm out. It's I a don't great care. mix. Um, it's really, really good. And I'm almost through five episodes. And well, I, um
2: I finished that shit in like a day and a half. <laughs>
1: I'm almost through five episodes. I'm um, this close to being a minnesota vikings fan really oh kirk cousins i'm in you're in 100 percent. great guy
2: all right so that's part of what i want to talk about so if you haven't watched it guys uh just hit mute i don't want to spoil your surprise but quarterback on netflix is a unbelievable show and it it takes for me it's like a glimpse into it was kind of cool because it was the first time i saw the tennis i saw the i've seen some of the f1 i've seen the golf Mm -hmm. right So this was done by Omaha Productions, Peyton Manning. Yep. All right. So very well done. And it kind of literally gives you the inside of what goes on playing the game. You know, the other stuff that happens besides what you see on TV on Saturday or Sunday, right? And from a fan's perspective, because I don't know Kirk Cousins. I don't know Patrick Mahomes. I don't know Marcus Mariota. Never met him. Sure. It made me change my opinion of people. My fan because I'm a technically a fan of them, right? So mm-hmm. my my whole opinion of them as a quarterback and as a person changed on every single one of them. I changed. So like Kirk Cousins, I envisioned this fiery, tough, gritty guy, mm-hmm. and it was totally the opposite. He's very calm, mellow, um, very logical, thinks deep thinker, simple.
1: Love his wife. She's great.
2: Great. Dude, talking about hitting the jackpot. And how about this? He met her after he was a pro quarterback, which was extremely unusual, yeah. right? Uh, very faith centered, mental mm-hmm. part of the game. Um, the only thing I, if I had to if I had to pick on him one time, I know it's a tough position, but he 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 gave into the pain too much. <laughs> he, he spent a lot of time on that show going, oh, uh, He was he was hurting a lot. Yeah. Um. There there is things for that. We call that toradol. Um. It, you get a you know you get some um. Tore it all and roll of tape, it'll cure AIDS. Uh, this episode brought to you by the Biden administration. That's totally a joke. No way, to cancel us for that. Um, but he, uh, it's just, it was interesting. Um, Marcus Mariota, things make, it made sense to me why he hasn't been successful after watching that show. Agreed. Okay. And still, I like him a bunch. He's a phenomenal talent. Yeah. It's not, football is not, if you watch that show, he, in my opinion, this is when you see, and, you, and you've seen these reports, okay, when you mm. hear about scouting reports, he is the definition of when football is not important to you. You'll get to ask that question, how important is football to, like oh, scouts yeah. ask that question, how much does he love football? I think he loves the game, but it's not as important to him as it very apparently is the other two. Agreed. Okay. One hundred percent. And, and and it's nothing's wrong with that. That's just no, who no. he is, right? Right, right. Big time family guy. He's laid back. It's at forty not,
1: at forty five, he will be perfectly fine. Yeah. He will be a great guy. People will he's love also, him. Yeah, he's there's awesome. Nothing, this sure. is not a
2: character. Right, debate. right, This is just he is just a the game is what it is to him. It's a game that he's good at, that he and he wants to help people. He's a great guy, but he didn't really go do the extra.
1: The fire doesn't burn as hot. The fire doesn't hot. burn
2: as hot. Right. And once you with I mean,
1: cousins and Mahomes, it really burns hot.
2: And there's there's 32 of those jobs, right? So you got to be the elite of the elite with a fire burning.
1: Like if you gave cousins, Mahomes talent,
2: dear, oh, forget about it. Dear God, but that's what and that's what we're and gonna that's why Mahomes
1: that. is so great is Mahomes is that talented with that drive.
2: All right, that's a perfect transition because this was the next thing I want to talk about is the mental part of the game. All right, people. I used to, people used to shit on me all the time. They used to make fun of me because I used to have this thing called five for five, right? When right. I'm evaluating players. All right. Your talent level sets the bar. All right. If you're watching film and you're evaluating a player, the talent level of a player sets the bar. That's where it is right here. Now, whether the bar goes up or down is the other shit. Okay. Which is mostly the mental side of the game. So you take somebody like Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins of those three players, you I right know there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hell you do? Is that your foot? Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. I'm okay. I need some Toradol. <laughs> he looked like, like some bitcha. All right. So, but Kirk Cousins. don't like it. Kirk Cousins of those three is the least talented of those three guys. Agree? Yes. But he moves ahead of Mariota because of the other things. Does that make sense? His of car is moved up. Of course. Because of the other things work
1: ethic, drive intelligence, football intelligence, competitiveness.
2: Right, and um, so when you get a super elite players, like Patrick Mahomes, yeah, all right, Amari Cooper, when sure. you get super elite players, those guys have elite talent and the elite mental. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. So when you're evaluating players, that is such a huge component of that's just as important as the physical side is the mental side, and people don't, I don't think fans appreciate that or understand that. Does that make sense? Of course, one hundred percent. And I know you didn't watch this. I wanted. To, I wanted to, this. I saw this today on Twitter. I thought this was awesome. It's X now. No, it's not Twitter. Or X, X. excuse me. But, let, but talking about the mental side, I know you didn't watch the British Open. Could care two things about it. <clears throat> but I saw this stat, and this was the last eight majors. Okay, so the last two years of majors. We just finished. There's four a year, right? Yep. And so it took the score to par of all the golfers and all eight majors combined. There are only 10 golfers in the entire world who who are under par in the last eight majors, okay? Okay. The 10th one is Shane Lowry at minus two, and it goes up. Well, in third place is Cam Smith. He's minus 21 in the last eight majors. He he won won the British Open last year Mm -hmm. by shooting minus 20, by the way. So 20 of his 21 came from that one tournament. Scotty Scheffler, who's the world number one, is minus 36. So 15 shots better than third place. Well, in first place is Roy McElroy at minus 41, and he has not won a major. Mm-hmm. And talking about the mental side of it, he is in it, he has put so much pressure on himself to win a major because of the questions. He can't close one out. He cannot close the bitch out. But he's yeah. there, but he can't close it out. And that's just going to the mental because he gets If you're a golf fan and you watch on Sunday, he can't make a putt. When it comes... He gets close to the lead. He can't make a putt. So, anyway, but the mental side of the game is so important. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk. You got any bills you want to pay for we finish this? We'll yeah, i pay, pay a couple
1: stuff? real quick. Uh, we are brought to you by our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429.
2: Um, <clears throat> this happened while we were gone, so I want to uh, talk about it just a just a brief, brief. it. The Tennessee penalties came out mm-hmm. um, from the NCAA while we were on break last week. I bet that was perfect timing for SEC media days, huh?
1: <laughs> you know, it got asked about a couple of times, but people just kind of moved yeah. on from it. And, I mean, Kiffin gave a funny line about it. Heupel was like ecstatic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of. I think we are in a new age of, and I I have a mailbag question about this that I'll have to talk about on Wednesday, so I'll I'll be brief here. We're in a new age of college athletics where you can pay the players. Nobody's kidding themselves anymore. They're getting paid. They're getting promised NIL deals to come. And the NCAA portion of college football is now hanging out with the dinosaurs.
2: So this this penalty that they got about five years ago would have been crippling. Mm-hmm. it would have been crippling to a program, but basically they got twenty eight scholarships over five years, and I'm going in the day of NIL. They will never they won't see one problem with that because they'll just NIL the scholarships. Yeah. Okay, so that's not even a penalty.
1: Well, they'd already done sixteen of them.
2: They did sixteen of them. One, but. Again, they did it the last two years when nil was possible, so they've been doing this for a while. So they're not going to feel the effects at all from that from that part of it. Um, the eight million dollar fine is probably the the only thing that's really yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like, but like, okay. I mean, eight million. <laughs> $8, million is eight million. Eight
1: million. Eight million dollars to Tennessee today is I mean, it's a penalty. You'd rather have only fine. You'd rather problem. have the eight million, but it's not. That's it's not, not going to keep
2: them from winning a football game. It's not changing the way they
1: operate day to day.
2: Um, and then the one that I had to talk to you about that just bothers me, and this is the only reason we're really talking about this because it really bothers me. Mm -hmm. Can somebody please explain to me when you're in the room? So NCAA, if you're listening, I just I'd like to know who says, "By gosh, I got an idea." You know what we're going to do? We're going to vacate wins from three years ago. Like, is there a is like what is even the point? Like, how is that punishment? I don't know. Can somebody I please I, I don't have, explain that to me? I got nothing. Vacating wins. Sorry, I, I've got zero. <laughs> like, I, by God, you ain't going to cheat on me. I'm going to vacate your wins. That's going to show them. <laughs> That'll show them. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they do? That if you win something, they come take the trophy back. You're supposed to send it back. Kiss my ass. I ain't sending you back shit. We won that thing. I guarantee you, if we got fired because we lost somebody, it, they don't get to go put us in a bowl game. Back, you know, we don't have to go back in time. We get a a win bonus or anything on our contract. Nope, doesn't get taken away. Nope, nope, not one time. Nope, meaningless. Meaningless. Agreed. Is there ever been a penalty worth a shit less than that? You know my <laughs> thoughts on this.
1: <laughs> I, I think the NCAA has been rendered toothless. I think it has been rendered. It is just a it – is, it is a wounded puppy simply just – it it
2: can't be saved. Hey, my favorite, It's my, over. My favorite thing is, though, is when a coach gets uh, – Except – It goes on the record. You where don't.
1: the NCAA is going to get people is this eligibility thing. They're, they're going to start hammering – they're going to start cracking down on this eligibility because it's their only tool left in their toolbox, and they're just going to keep swinging it.
2: Well, they got one. They just don't want to pull it out. It's still in the plastic. They don't want to pull it out. We'll talk about that later. I'm not getting on that subject. Uh, but Pruitt got a uh, six-year show calls. The two recruiting staffers, one got a five-year and one got a 10-year yeah. show calls. All
1: three of those people are out of the business. It's
2: over. And then uh, two assistants got two years. But show call do- show calls, just for the fans know this too, show calls doesn't mean that you can't get a job. It just means that if you're employed by university, they have to go meet with the NCAA and show calls – of why your penalties should not follow you. All right, let me do this. I'll put you on the spot. Like Bruce Pearl got hired at Auburn. He did, and he. Let me a put calls. you on the
1: spot because there's been a lot of speculation about Jeremy Pruitt going to Alabama and joining yeah. the, the Nick Saban staff. Will this prevent Nick Saban from hiring Jeremy Pruitt?
2: I don't. Be honest with you, I don't know. I would probably. I haven't asked. Um,
1: what would you guess?
2: I, I wouldn't even. I would. Would even know what to say yes okay. or no. Well, um, look, Pruitt's a <laughs> very good football coach. I just the whole penalties thing and the I just thought it was the comical thing in this is all this is over sixty thousand dollars, which can't buy you a three star DB these days. That's that was <laughs> literally the, that was the I'm like, you know sixty grand. Sixty grand. Sixty grand now. What just can you buy for sixty grand these days? In a football.
1: A later, A tweener possible depth piece out of the portal. Okay. From a FCS, is it FCS to FBS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could get a kid from like the an, a Nickel State kind of kid who's got a chance to provide depth for you, and then for sixty. Yeah. So I just thought it's that was- the part of this, frankly, and I, I'm getting off of it because I don't. Yeah. I'm 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 so sick of it already. <laughs> I know fans <laughs> like tell me numbers. I'm like, oh, it's not worth it. If people knew the numbers that flew around on this, with the portal, and the high
2: school kids, I think they'd be floored. To my, because they think it's. I think people not enough, or I don't
1: think people know the numbers are as big as they are. Like the kids that the the the, the portal kids the elite kids. Yeah, I mean, well, not even elite, just good good kids out of the portal with a couple of years left that are getting two fifty. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anybody ever really thought that. They hear these high school numbers, and they go, it's not real. I'm like, it is real. It's promised. Now, are the kids getting the money? I don't know. That's that, But that's the deal that's being cut.
2: It's all about the leverage, right? The kids out of the portal can get – if you have multiple years out of the portal, let's say you get a kid from Nickel State a freshman, and you say, hey, I'm going to give you – let's say he's got four years left just for shits and giggles. No, mm-hmm. three years left. I'm going to give you um, $300,000 for three years. Kid signs up. Well, now he can't go anywhere, Right. Right. If he doesn't produce, they'll drop his name in the L deal. Right. All right. High and so you school never kid. And so
1: you never get it. It's yeah. not it's not like a It's why when again, I'm stopping. It's professional sports. No, it's not. You give Dansby Swanson 7 years and 170 million. He's making 170 million over 7 years. Right. I mean, if he sucks, he's still getting it. If yep. he's awesome, that's what he's getting. He's not going to the Cubs aren't going to go back and go, "Hey, you were even Better than we thought you'd be. Here's another $200 million to prevent you from leaving to go to the Dodgers. No, he's got yeah. a contract.
2: Right. Oh, I had this whole conversation with my son the other day. But anyway, but these kids, the high school kids now, they can leave, right? Yeah. It's so why, a high it's why kid, giving,
1: and I'm not talking about a specific high school kid, because I desperately don't want this to be an Ole Miss show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? I desperately, I mean, like, <laughs> dear ahead. sweet baby Jesus, just this one show, <laughs> let it not be about Ole Miss so that I can grow. Giving a high school kid an $800,000 deal, even if you say, hey, this is over four years, whatever, yeah. right? Okay, when he gets a quarter of it up front and he has a good season, he's jumping in the portal. Or if he or, sucks. Or, or, or yeah, if he sucks, it just it's all, this is the part where Lane's right, where Lane says it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. It It makes no business sense.
0: Zero business And so
1: it's dumb. No doubt. And so the only schools that can afford to do this are the handful of schools that have unlimited resources. And it's a very small handful, and most of those schools aren't spending a lot of time in the portal, so they can do kind of almost deals with high school kids that they have the power. They have the power, and they can tell the kids, so here's what you're going to get. We'll give you this, and if you do well, it's going to grow to this. And you got to do all the. It, it just it's a. It's not pro sports. It, the Dansby Swanson example is a really good one. Okay. Yeah. He signed a seven-year, hundred and, call it seventy million dollar deal. I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. How's he doing, by the way? He's good. Okay. He's good. He
2: has. He happy? Yeah, he's okay. worth it.
1: But it's probably the right value right. so far. But he's under contract for six more years. So if he kicks ass and becomes the best shortstop in the game and he goes, "Hey, so I'm I'm making 17 a year and the second best shortstop's making 34. I want 35." Nope. I want a full head of hair, D'Ansby. <laughs> it ain't happening. You signed a long-term <laughs> deal. Now the flip side of it is if he tears an ACL and misses a year, he's good. He still gets his money yeah. and the Cubs don't get to go, "Well, you, you didn't produce." We've got this kid in the minors that's coming up. We really like him. So what we're going to do is, hey, we're going to put you in the portal. Get what you can get. We're no, you got You've got him. And so you're gonna. If you want to move Swanson, you can. You can trade him. But another team's going to go. Okay, like you trade him to the Twins, and the Twins go. That's fine. We're willing to pay him five a year. You pick up the other twelve. Yeah, because he's getting seventeen. College is not like that. So stop with the it's pro sports. It's not pro sports. <laughs> Nothing about it makes sense. At pro sports, you have budgets. You know precisely what people get. There's labor agreements. There's arbitration. You know when you trade for Dame Lillard, you know specifically what Dame Lillard's contract is. It is locked in stone. It's It's not a malleable thing. No, no. It's It's, it's concrete. Dame Lillard's getting this. So to do it, you've got to move him, and you've got to take equal parts salary, so you've got to put contracts in. Like salary caps and shit. It's it's stuff. (laughs) It's not, well, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take him, and then we'll figure it out. No, no, no. No, you you, you get him. And so if you move him, and you're Portland, for example, and you trade him to Miami, you have to take on assets that that make the deal uh, workable. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll take Tyler Harrow. What's he make? 18 million okay there's 18 million it's not well we don't think he's worth 18 million guess what his contract says he is so he is i love when you get cranked up i just can't stand it i i, I want to scream when they i go, didn't know that it's they a, all th- do that this is pro sports I'm like i want to go do you all pay attention And i know the answer is they're so busy with their worlds that they don't pay attention right, to pro sports right.
2: it's not pro sports. no it's not even close all right, Neil, let's jump into this bad boy. Let's talk a little SEC West. A little football today. Let's do a little football today, Neil. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do what we do. All right. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the SEC West. We'll do SEC East on Thursday, okay? Okay. And what I want to do is we're going to go through the teams, all right? We're not predicting records. You're, you're more than record, feel free to do that if you would like. But what I want to do is I want to talk about questions and concerns with each, or if you have any questions or concerns. Okay. Since you spent a whole week, you got to listen to everybody talk. You probably got a little bit better idea what's going on. I did talk to a lot of people behind the scenes about yeah. all of these teams.
1: <clears> yeah, so, it was, it was what, the part of it that was good for me was the part that I didn't write about, the part that nobody saw. was getting to kind of have some, you know, just sit there and have a conversation. Hey, with the guy covering Tennessee, for example, yeah. you know, like, what, what do you really think? Yeah, because – Because I've known a lot of these people for a long time, and when I say, hey, what do you really think, I kind of get an honest answer.
2: Yeah, so we're going to go through it. <clears throat> and uh, we'll start off with the University of Alabama, Crimson okay. Tide. All right. Um, what are your questions and concerns? And then I'll do mine. Um, well, do you want me to start? Okay, I, I'll
1: start. Um, I'm a big cliche person, cliches that stick around for a reason. Um, I did talk to some people around the Alabama program who are um, pretty realistic. A lot of people around the Alabama program. This is not a criticism. Have seen so much success over they the last what the other fifteen like. years that they're just like, I don't know, they're going to win. They always win. I, I get that. This, I mean, yeah. hey, it, I, if I've covered Alabama for fifteen years, that's kind of my default setting too, as well. I mean, I don't know, they're Alabama. They're going to play the song and they're going to wear the uniform and they'll win. Saban's still there. They're going to win. Other people were like, Look, there's going to be a fall off at quarterback you're a generational talent left and now you have three dudes and you know if you have three quarterbacks usually it means you might not have a quarterback now that's hyperbolic yeah all of these guys have talent but nobody has completely asserted themselves yet it's a, it's a concern um i don't know that up front on offense Alabama is quite as good as it's been in the past and that they're probably still plenty good enough. Um, and then, you know, I think just the question mark of maybe I got the impression that two things one Saban likes this team um, that but for the first time Alabama is as vulnerable to the human part of this as it's been in a long time because look because of NIL because of Kirby and what he's done at Georgia, because of the success Tennessee has begun to have on the recruiting trail, because of the success that some other programs have begun to have, some of the depth pieces that Alabama has had in the past, they might not have. They might be depending. Their depth might be a little more untested and youthful than it's been in the past. And not that that's a concern, just worth noting, that if they have a run on injuries, they might not be able to overcome it as easily as they have in the past.
2: Um I agree with most of that. Um here here's my questions and concerns at Alabama is it's not necessarily about who the quarterback is. It's just depending on what the quarter who the quarterback is is the offense that you're going to have to run, right? Yeah. So if Milroe is the quarterback, you're going to see a lot more quarterback run mm-hmm. and things like that where you take the ball out of the playmaker's hands. I think Alabama has a lot of receiver depth coming back. They do. See, I think they're more I think they're more deep up front than you do, I think. Okay. Um I think they're as good at every other position on the field that they've been in a long time, minus the quarterback. And everybody wants to focus on quarterback, 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 quarterback. Uh, like we talked about earlier, I, I think Ty Simpson has a lead going into this thing as fall camp starts. Um, we'll I think, see. I think I
1: agree. Uh, obviously, I we'll I'd, see. I think I'd bet on Simpson.
2: But it's not done. I mean, he's going to have to go. It's going to be one during fall camp. That is not. A lot of coaches say. I guarantee you this. I guarantee you there is a coach that was at SEC Media Days that says, Oh, we have an open quarterback competition, then da 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 bullshit. That thing's been decided for months. But you gotta say things to keep kids around or for whatever reason, right? Sure. This one's not. This one's I think's open. Um I think Ty I think it comes into a fact of this. The reason I think Ty Simpson will it has the lead is because if Milro goes in, now he's gotta be the catalyst of the offense. He's got to do the quarterback run. He's got to do all these things. With with Ty Simpson, Reed Buckner, whoever, right? I, I think it lets you use the other Jace McClellan. You got all these guys around you, you know, got the receivers that are coming, but you got everything around you. You need a quarterback that just is not going to lose the game. He doesn't have to win it. You're not looking for a quarterback. And what's funny. Is for the history of Alabama football has been nothing but quarterbacks that didn't lose the game until recently. Yeah, in modern times they've had this
1: run on stars. Yes,
2: you had Mac Jones, you had Tua, you had Jalen Hurts, you had Bryce Young. I mean, you had four dudes that are going to be starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. Your last four quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, it's impressive.
2: All right, Um, I
1: mean, it's just been an amazing program. Part of part of what's hard to judge with Alabama.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Is and this is a compliment to them? It's just that they've been so freaking good that so dominant that it's hard to it's hard to completely just know how to evaluate them. Yeah, no, it's. But it, but it's clear that at least right now, they don't have the next big star in waiting. Just I'm not saying. And look, Simpson might end up being a star. I mean, people have talked about Simpson for a long yeah,
2: time. He's talented. Uh, but you know, Bryce was special, big time. And that, but <laughs> here's the other thing I was thinking about the other day. Bryce Young was the last guy that came in and, and played young, right? He was the number one freaking pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, maybe. Maybe ties more like Mac Jones. You know, Mac, right. Mac Jones stuck around for a couple of years, still became a first round pick.
1: Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, like, listen. I mean, if, you, if 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 someone were to come down and go, Ty Simpson is a is a first round pick in three years. Am I surprised? No, not even a little bit. It just we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, here's I'm, the here's the thing, and we'll get to him yeah. next. Is what's interesting about Alabama is that this is the first time in a while that there's another team in the West that legitimately is a massive contender. They did it a year ago. They're very, very talented. Um, They have a swagger about them. I think LSU knows it can beat Alabama. Not that it will beat Alabama, but LSU knows it can beat Alabama. And I think people view Alabama fairly or not. We're going to find out. But I think after last season and all the close games and Bryce being gone and Sanders uh, being gone, well, Anderson, I mean, being gone, uh, I, I think people look at Alabama and go, they're more human than they used to be.
2: The um, I'm not selling. You know, everybody would. Have, you know, I think you picked LSU to win at the SEC Media days Is that right? I did. Like, which just set I me up to be wrong. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I can, you you can justify LSU
1: hundred percent. Yeah, that's the I only two teams in the West you can justify. Yeah,
2: I personally, until they, pro, you know, I, I'm as long as he's the head coach there, I'm always going to pick them first because you're going to be more right than you're going to be wrong. Sure. Um. I mean, I'm prepared to eat crow on Bama, and but and, and, and LSU is going to be good regardless. And right? so when people go, "How do you want your crow?" I'm like, "Dude, you know whatever."
1: I mean, I, that crow's been marinating <laughs> in buttermilk for a while, so I'm I'm good with it. But whatever.
2: To me, they're two. They're two. Uh, really, all three. They're three biggest challenges to lose a game this year is Texas.
1: Yeah. Where's that game being played? It's in Tuscaloosa. Alabama LSU's in LSU Tuscaloosa and then in Tennessee. Tennessee's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, their schedules so, their schedule's schedule, very favorable.
2: Very favorable for the stuff that they've gone through. Um they like their team over there. Yeah. I do know that. Um so I'm interested in oh, seeing play. Yeah, yeah. They like their team. So I'm not selling, but that'd be the most important most the question I have is who's quarterback and then how does the offense fit around him? I think that's why it's going to be Ty Simpson. Uh because I just don't see them taking the ball out of other people's hands to put it in Milrose's hands to run quarterback read.
1: All right, LSU. Oh, I think it's simple because uh, Brian Kelly told us what it was. All right, go ahead. Um, I actually loved his answer. I loved his presentation. I was really impressed with it. Um, he said, hey, basically, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. You know, we know who we're chasing. And um, – we played them on the field. We got to see where we were. And we're, we think we're recruiting at that level. They are. and Quickie client. We're not there yet. Which meant we don't have as many players yet as they do. Which told me that his concern is depth. 100%. S- simple as that. Um, he's very confident. Should be. They're very, very talented. If you promised them health, they're a national title contender
2: if they stay go ahead
1: um they they don't have they don't have many weaknesses there you, 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 there's no spot on their field and i'm talking about starting 22 to 44 there's no spot on the field where you go o that's a problem nope not one uh they've got two really good quarterbacks they like them both they've got guys who can run the football they've got receivers elite receivers they're good up front a uh, couple of elite players up front defensively Mason Smith's a beast. If you talk to LSU people, he was I
2: Forget about my guy. Harold Perkins. No, I was talking about Perkins.
1: <laughs> but if you talk to people around LSU, they'll all tell you that last year in camp, um Mason was the best player on the field. Yeah. And he didn't play. He went down first series of the first game. Well, he's back. And um Perkins is a year older and by, by the middle of last year, Perkins was maybe the best defensive
2: player in the SEC, not named Will Anderson. Hundred percent, and um, that's who I feel like we're looking at that type of player in year two already.
1: And then they just have dudes in the secondary; they're they're really good. And, and now they're scheduled. they got to go to Tuscaloosa. We talked about that. You know, they got they Florida, Florida State early, um, and so depth could become a concern for them. But look, they're explosive. And Jaden Daniels, I, I was really impressed with Jaden Daniels. I got a chance to talk to him for a few minutes. And uh, he's he's very bright. He's bigger than I thought he was. He's gained some weight. He talked to me about uh, how he got through last season and realized he was playing small, that he needed to get bigger, had to put some quality weight on, that the league's a different league Big than the Pac-12. League. And uh, he's like, you know, it's hard to make those adjustments on the fly, but you can make them in the offseason. Um you know, we talked about Walker Howard. He's just a really good kid, a lot of leadership skills, uh, very charismatic. I'm in on Jaden Daniels. And in, last year I was like, I don't know, man, maybe we're overrating this kid a little bit. Not anymore. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in on Jaden. Uh, really, really, really like the way he carries himself. And so, you know, to me, it kind of came down to that, for me, the Alabama-LSU thing. If Bryce Young were still at Alabama, I would have picked Alabama. It was, it was Alabama doesn't know what it's doing at quarterback. LSU does. And 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 the backup at LSU would start at a bunch of places in this league, a bunch, and it sure. might end up starting there. So that's that's how good they are.
2: Yeah, I don't know how many he wouldn't start. Um, I'm just mine's not going to be long because I'm echoing the same thing. Mine's just depth on defense. Um, they have. If you told me that no, they had no significant injuries and they're and they're too deep to start the season. If you told me that, said, Hey, Tyler, look. Yeah. The football, the LSU gods football come down. guys come And they say, Hey, there's not a single player in their opening day too deep that has a significant injury. And I want to mean significant season injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably pick them maybe to win it all.
1: I think I would. Yeah. I agree.
2: People do not realize. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can take it or not take it. This league is fucking brutal. Yeah. All right. You have. And it's the dings, right? And I was explaining this, which we'll get to this team in a little bit. I was explaining this to a buddy of mine. When you have guys go down, so I coach receivers, right? I'm a big guy on receiver depth. When you coach receivers and you go to camp and you got, man, I got open the day of camp, I got four guys out. That's okay, they'll be back by the first game. But here's the problem. You go four weeks running the shit out of the other guys, mm-hmm. and that leads to a lot of soft tissue injuries, and you're and you're limping into your first game with guys that are hurt. But you got these fresh legs that don't have reps and they don't have chemistry. And there there's a fine line. So if you can stay healthy, even during camp, because you gotta keep everyone fresh. It's not about keeping just the, the starters fresh. You gotta do a good job of managing the whole team. But that's the whole deal with me is they're total depth. They got plenty of ass to kick ass. Okay. They can be really good. It's just a matter of can they avoid significant injuries? Like I don't think they can afford a Mason Smith going down again or a Perkins going down right. for an extended period of time.
1: Agree. All right, Texas AM. Uh I I'll be short because I touched on it a minute ago. It's um it's it's the Jimbo Petrino thing. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm not sold. I, I I can't I can't rationalize that answer. And so I I look at it and go, boy, when the bullets fly, are they is, is Jimbo gonna let him do this? And and I'm if that's a problem, that's gonna be a problem. Because I unlike a lot of people, and I and AM's talented, okay, but this is a talented league. Mm-hmm. It's a division where there's no. If someone comes to you and goes, pick an SEC team, SEC West team that's going to be shitty. <laughs> They're not one.
2: I mean, I. I, I mean, it's as balanced. It's as there is as much. In my opinion, yeah. for, you've been covering it a lot longer yeah. than I have. Okay, but in my opinion, this is the most parity in the league that I can ever remember. Well,
1: certainly in the division, and maybe in the, in the West. whole, and maybe in the whole league. So, the margin, the margin for a And M to be better than. Ole Miss and Arkansas and Auburn and Mississippi State, pretty damn thin, okay? And I watched some of those games last year. And, and you know, A&M was fortunate to beat Arkansas. A&M, you know, lost to Ole Miss. They lost to Mississippi State. They were fortunate to beat Auburn. Did they beat Auburn? They lost to Auburn.
2: A&M? Yeah. They lost to Auburn.
1: Yeah, they lost to Auburn. I mean, they, they beat LSU at the end, but now Jaden wasn't healthy. Yeah. So – don't give me the whole a And M's gangbusters. Well, they weren't. They haven't been. So, if they have chemistry stuff at, at the top, it's going to trickle down, and they'll lose those games. That's just that's just how the league works.
2: All right, my questions is a little bit more on defense side of the ball at linebacker. Um, you know, DJ Durkin's defense coordinator done a great job. They got they're they're really talented. Same similar situation, but they're they're incorporating more linebackers in that system, having enough dudes to go in there and be like. You could get in some situations. I'm interested to see what they do on defense. I think you can get in some situations on defense where their 11 best are on the field, if that makes sense, like yeah. with certain packages. Yeah. Um, so I want to see that. Um, but look, I think, uh, look at that. Speak of the devil, it shall appear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, that's wrong. All right. Um, I don't. Quick your clan Yeah, Quick you clan I don't have as much concerns about the offensive side of the ball as the general public or the media. Okay. Um, I feel very confident that I know what's happening there on that. I think they're going to be really good on offense. And if you're
1: right, they're going to be really good.
2: I think that's just my opinion, that I'll yeah. buy you a cup of coffee. It's not a hot take. I'm just telling you from what I understand um, is that I think they're going to be really good on offense. I think they got a lot of talent. they got so much production coming back. Um, and I, I, my, my biggest concern would be on defense having enough the correct bodies to play the personnel packages that DJ wants that DJ wants to play. I can see that. All right. Let's do it. Your old miss Hottie Toddy Rebels.
1: Oh, no concerns. They're going to win 14 <laughs> I, um I have real concerns about wide receiver play. Okay. Um I, I, I worry for them that they don't have enough wide receivers, that they don't have enough uh game breaking wide receivers, which puts so much pressure on Quinchon Judkins. It puts a lot of pressure on running the, the the quarterback. It puts a lot of pressure on both tight ends, Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg. Um, I'm not as confident as some others that Zakari Franklin's going to play, or that he's going to be healthy, ready to answer the bell if he does. Um, yeah. The big one for me is so I have two two questions with Ole Miss. One is receiver play, and the other, and we'll get to this on another team in a minute, is. Man, you're bringing in a new coordinator and so many new faces on defense. Like, right, can you make that? Just because you have all these pieces doesn't mean that you can fit them into the puzzle and make them pretty. I mean, if the pieces, a bunch of pretty pieces, and they're just scattered all over the place, you're like, well, I don't understand. Well, it's because it's not put together yet, and you got to put it together. And I don't like, I don't like the way Ole Miss' schedule's laid out. I've told people this. I don't. I mean, you got at Alabama, LSU comes home to you, and then Arkansas is a week after that. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, it could get out of hand. It's quick. And so, I have, th- those are my questions.
2: Okay. Um, my biggest one is depth, period. I think Ole Miss can put together 22 players out there that can play football and play football at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, the only position that I'm like, woo, man, they are deep, is quarterback. Well, yeah. guess what? Only one can play. I mean, you can sit here and make it. I mean, how many programs could Spencer Sanders play?
1: Oh, I mean, tons.
2: I mean, how about Walker Howard? A bunch.
1: I mean, and they love the kid. I'm I mean, there's. Squad. I mean, you've stacked a room. Start
2: quarterback in twenty four, by the way. If he does, if he's not the Friday Friday night starter over the week oh, in the spring, but he, Saturday probably. But anyway, um, here's my thing. So you, let's look. Like you talk about Quinshawn Jenkins, legit Heisman Trophy candidate to start the season, right? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. He can't play every play, and God forbid, I because I, I don't want nothing to happen to kid. Let's say he goes down in some random fucking injury. Who's playing running back? You got three yeah. running backs on scholarship.
1: Yeah, you'd be dependent on the freshman Riscano. Uh, you're you're counting on uh, Bentley being something that he wasn't a year ago, and then I don't even know after that.
2: You see, like yeah. you're you're one one play away from being in big time trouble in your running game. Right, big time trouble. Right, quarterback, you're fine. Um, tight ends, which I've said publicly, I think is the best, arguably it's ever been in a room talent wise. They
1: got a really good tight end room.
2: Really good tight end yeah, room. Yeah, for sure. I think you're going to see a lot more 12 personnel I sets. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one back, two tight end.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. One back. I probably need to say that, don't I? Um, sets. But, I did it for you. That's- yeah, thank you. Um, because I'm on the same thing at the receiver room. You know, this Zachary Franklin deal. Did y'all touch on that this morning? Yes. So... He'll be here. He's going to get to class. That's not going to be a problem, but it's the other things, right? It's, okay, if he if he's out for a while following his procedure, okay, let's say you had the surgery today or last week or whenever. You're talking about four to five weeks being ready. Okay, you're pushing it up close to the first game. He's not going to be ready to play. Right. So you're going to you, – you can't – you're trying to get ready for games. You can't be teaching somebody plays. He, it's just he's going to be a guy. He's not going to be a difference maker. Does that make sense? Like, of course. And you, they, need a guy, and they, you need a guy to be a difference maker.
1: Yeah, they need him to come in and and look, they 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 brought in Chris Marshall to be a big difference maker. And when he was performing in the spring, my God, I was like, ooh, this kid, this kid is so talented. And then I kept saying to myself, Man, an SEC school let this kid walk as a freshman. And then you find out why. And so they rolled the dice on Marshall that came up empty. And now they kind of put all their eggs in Franklin's basket after they missed on a couple of guys. Aiden Williams is a wild card. I just don't think it's fair to look at a true freshman out of Ridgeland, Mississippi and go, hey, Aiden, hey, Aiden, we know you're going to be a really good player. Um, We were kind of wondering if you could, I don't know, be a really good player right now. I don't think that's fair. And so to count on that, I mean, I don't think that's what – Derek and them are going to do. I don't think they're going to put that type of pressure on a kid. No, he's got to
2: come in and help. Yeah, you can't. But when was the last time a true freshman wide receiver came and carried a team?
1: I mean, I I can't think of. Yeah,
2: I mean, they'll come in and be explosive and do some things. But carry a team, carry a team, be a guy. But is he
1: going to be the guy that catches eighty balls? I I I don't think so.
2: I like. I'll tell you who I like. I I think they they hit a home run. I really have liked the Trey Harris kid from from Tech I think he's a baller. As a receivers guy, I think he's he's, and there's a, they, he's a dude, and they have
1: some guys like that. I just I wonder about: Do you have enough? Right? Do you have enough to kind of get through a year? Because last year, you know, by the end of the year, they were kind of thin there, and it showed. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you about depth. And look, like I said, all the new faces on defense—they need the offense to be really good. I think we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong on the defense. Maybe Pete Golding will come in and he'll put all these pieces together, and by the middle of September, they're going to be an elite defensive team. I just think that's a lot to ask. The
2: yeah. same thing on defense is like now they got plenty of DBs they sh- they should be good <laughs> they should be they good. They got lots of them. They got lots of bodies, okay? But knowing what Pete's doing on defense, they're going to know what to do. They're going to be sound in what they do. Yeah. Which is look, man, if you can get the guys in the right places, now it's got they got to make plays. But it's the depth, same issue with their depth. All right, Arkansas. Oh,
1: I mean, 15 and 0. Um <laughs> Sanders wins the Heisman. Um no, I mean, uh um, offensively i don't have a lot of questions about them from talking to people i think they're they're better up front than they get credit for i mean they have some they have some really solid players up front um i think dan enos and kj jefferson are going to get along great agree in many ways i think it's a much better fit for him um they've got depth at running back they're not as dependent on sanders carrying the load as maybe Ole miss is right now with quinshawn judkins uh they they brought in some dudes at receiver that they're super high on. They're kind of unproven, but they're they're guys that they're high on uh inside that program. Defensively they're a lot like Ole Miss. New coordinator, one that doesn't have anything near the pedigree of of Pete Golding, but uh Travis Williams, great recruiter, a lot of new faces on defense. They they're having to replace a lot of um, a lot of production defensively. Uh, Drew Sanders, Bumper Pool, I think played nine years at, at Arkansas. Um, you've got you've got some guys that that played a lot of football. I don't think people realize because Arkansas was so bad on defense last year. I don't think people realize just how good Drew Sanders was. He was terrific. Yep. Uh they have to replace him. Uh I think they'll be a little better up front defensively than they were a year ago, almost by default. Replacing linebackers a, a major issue for them. I, I think they'll be okay in the secondary. Um Look, Arkansas is a team that has a lot of variance. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot like Ole Miss, a lot like A and M in a lot of ways. In in that, I think if the football gods came down and said, "Hey, Arkansas struggles," man, they go five and seven, six and six. I'm like, I get it. In the same hand, if you tell me, "Hey, they, they win eight games," they're 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 a pain in the ass for people because of KJ and Sanders and that offensive front and their ability to run the football and be explosive. I buy that too. I mean, they're they're one of those teams that. Um, it could kind of go either way. They're a fulcrum team. I, I don't think, I don't think the teams we're talking about, barring some luck, are going to beat Alabama or LSU. But all the other games, anything.
2: Arkansas to me. By the way, when it comes to Arkansas, I want to say this. I don't know if there's a more likable coach. I mean, SEC's got some this year, but a more likable coach than Sam Pittman. I freaking love the guy. Every time, yeah, every time he talks or gets in front of a microphone, like I want to go have a beer with that guy. I think he's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. I think if you did the list of what coach would you like to go have a beer with, I'm going to surprise you with a couple of my answers.
2: That's so curious. Pittman would
1: be way up there because he's just a fun dude. And he appears to really like beer. And I'm with him on that. <laughs> um, I think Beamer would be a fun guy to go have yeah, a beer with.
2: He's one of them. Yeah, no doubt. I think Kirby would be a fun guy to go have a beer with. I can't. Kirby is. I, Kirby. That's my secret.
1: Like, I, I don't think. I know Kirby's like compared to Sabin a lot. I don't He's think not. they're very similar.
2: No. Um, I'll just say this. Kirby away from the camera is fucking awesome.
1: Well, I kind of gathered that from talking to some people.
2: Like people are like, oh, I don't know. He's this that Nah. Kirby away from the camera is as bad as I guarantee you. I mean we talked about this. And at I one think point I'd like time.
1: Josh Heipel too. He's pretty laid back.
2: I I've met him a couple of times recruiting. Okay. I don't know him. Okay. But Kirby is like he's my – go play golf with Kirby and the cameras aren't on. Fun times. Kirby's, a, Kirby's fun. All right. Um. But Arkansas, going back, same thing, what you said, defense is going to be the whole thing with me on them. Here's the interesting thing. I think they're good enough on offense and got the right pieces with KJ, with Rocket Sanders. I think they got to be able to manage the game a little bit better. See, that going back half a step here to Ole Miss, that's where my concern is. Lane will try to score a 1,000 points if he can. He can give two shits if they can stop you or not on defense. He just wants to put up numbers and put up points. That's a concern this year. Yeah. Pittman will manage the game. If they're struggling, they can run the football to shorten the game, yeah. which I think is very key part to Ole Miss' success, very similar to Arkansas' success. If Arkansas can control games – keep their defense off the field if they're not playing well cuz their linebacker depth is a very big issue there yeah, right now, for sure, right? for sure. If they can keep those guys off the field enough to manage the game, to get a stop or two and shorten the game with these new clock rules, pay attention, new clock rules is going to be able to shorten is going to shorten possessions in this in the game. So you got to be more uh you got I'm I'm so that's the biggest thing I'm interested in this this season, is the clock rules because it's going to be like more like NFL rules, right? you got to be a little more intentional with your offense possessions. You can't just go freaking three and out knowing you're going to get 57 possessions in a game. Yep. So I think they can do that with their offensive personnel at Arkansas. I think he's in a good position to do that. But uh, linebacker depth would be the uh, question there. All right, Mississippi State.
1: Um, you know, I, I think, I think Rodgers doesn't get the credit he deserves at quarterback um they've got some explosive weapon guys defensively I don't know that they'll fall off the way that some people think they will Arnett had built a really good defense there he's still there um I mean I, I, I just glanced down at your notes and so I'm stealing your thing here because it's what I think I, I, they're gonna they they want to try to run the ball and be a little more physical and aggressive and i don't know that they've recruited the offensive line over the last couple of years to be those to be that and i think that's going to bite them
2: so yeah offensive line is probably the biggest concern there i, I don't think there's going to be as much drop off offensively as people think um because people now think it's going to look different yeah all right it's gonna look totally different but now, barbary look,
1: sign me up for these experienced quarterbacks that have won some games okay it works i mean sign me up for for the 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 Will Rogers and the K.J. Jeffersons of
2: the world that had done this for a minute, right? I mean, it... I, it means something. It does. But Barber, the OC that came in from App State, right? The guy is, he will take what he has and make it work. He's one of those guys. He's not like, this is what we're running. He's going to go recruit the best players or get the you know, 11 best guys, and he's going to put them out there. Obviously, five of those guys have to be offensive linemen. That's why I'm leaving it what I'm leaving it. But probably sneakily maybe the best hires i'd say best if not second best coordinator hire in the league this year and nobody's talking about it this guy can coach now
1: well i think of the west teams mississippi state's the one the kind of the great unknown you know arnett's young guy nobody really knows what to expect right. from him made some staff hires there's been so much talk you know still because He's replacing a guy that was kind of a legend in, in college yeah. sports, and so still, when people talk Mississippi State, there's a lot of Mike Leach posthumously, and that's understandable. Yeah, but I think that takes away from some of the discussion about what they have, as opposed to what they were, and I and I think there's just a lot of I don't know, you know, who knows what they are.
2: You know, he he's just I mean, you saw what he did. I mean, he what how many points they score against. Troy, and we saw how good their defense was, you know, during the year. They're the only team to beat Troy last year, right, in the in the uh, Sun Belt. So, I just – I really like the guy. I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, I'll be I'm, – I'm interested to see what they do, especially if they, if they can get the offensive line rolling because if he can get outside zone stretch working in his offense, it's hell on wheels now. I'm talking about it will change because nobody in this league really runs it like they do, and it would be something new and something interesting, and I'll be excited to see there. All right, my Auburn Tigers, War Eagle grind it's time to discuss your Auburn Tigers.
1: I have concerns about whether they're gonna be able to in year one get that preseason uh prayer circle. Just I'm kidding. It's a joke.
2: <laughs> I was to out what playing you're
1: about. playing? Haha. Uh quarterback play. Um that's one. You know, does he have does he have a quarterback that can kind of do for him maybe what Bo Wallace did in year one at, at Ole Miss? Um, you know, depth issues. That was not a super talented roster by the end of last season. That, that would, that would, that would be one, um, just that. And here's the other one for Auburn. It's a challenge for Hugh. Hugh can be thin skinned and there's going to be criticism and his ability to block that out and just coach his football team and not get into that stuff where it starts becoming noise because it's different than Ole Miss, and it's obviously a ton different than Liberty, right? You know, like you go to Liberty and you lose at ULM and there's still nobody to really challenge you on it. Like, how'd you lose that game? I mean, what happened? You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, hey, coach, and you're still Hugh Freeze. You're better than what we would have had, so forget it. Uh, At at the SEC level, you drop a game that everybody thought you were going to win it, there's some heat that comes. His ability to sort of handle that heat, to grow the tougher skin, because he's competing with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart at Auburn now. It's not at Ole Miss anymore. It's at Auburn. It's different. Yeah. Expectations. I don't Expectations mean, I don't mean that as a criticism of Ole Miss. It's just it's different. It's it's like being the 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 coach when you're the coach at 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 Auburn, for example, and you go to Mississippi State to play a game. They don't get all rabid about you because you're just you're orange and blue. They want to beat you, but it's like whatever. You go in there with an Ole Miss thing on. It's like. They want to kill you. They want to separate your head from the rest of your body. It
2: is a toxic toxic I mean uh, I
1: remember Houston Nutt hearing that and he didn't believe it because he'd been at Arkansas for what 10 years and he'd gone like 1 and 9 against Mississippi State. He'd gone to Startville 5 times and one or whatever and he was like I don't get it. I and mean, what are you talking about? And people were like, "Hey, you're not wearing the Razorback thingy Saturday or maybe you should, <laughs> but you're probably going to wear the Old Miss thing and it's going to be different." And it was. And I, it was something that it was eye-opening for him. So that – for for, uh, for Hugh, it's going to be different being the Auburn coach when you go play Alabama, when you play Georgia. So it, it's just how he handles that I, I think is going to be a challenge in year one. And I don't know that he just – I just don't know that they have – talking to people around that team, I just don't know that they have enough dudes.
2: They have uh, – O-line depth is a problem, I think. Um, and then how the quarterbacks are played are probably my biggest questions. You know – I'm the worst at this. I think they televised this for me because I think I'm the only viewer. Um, you know, when, like, it gets close to football season. They start, they're looking for freaking programming and they start airing these old old college football games with SEC Network. Sure, they ought to do more of it. I was watching the Auburn-Alabama game last year. It was on TV. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, Robbie Ashford looked like a fucking dude in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked like a dude. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I'm watching this. I'm like, if Hugh could get the Auburn Alabama game last year, Robbie Ashford to play quarterback for him this year, they're going to be a problem. Yeah. Because here's the best way I can describe it O line's a question. Okay. Receivers, I have, I trust what I've been told. Um, they've gone out and got some guys that can play yeah. in that system. Uh, he likes big guys. So there's going to be some things he can do there system wise. But here's the thing is like, and I've told you this story privately, but when we came here in 2012, 13, 12, we came to Ole Miss. We had the worst offensive line that's ever been assembled in the history of the NCAA. You had
1: five players.
2: Okay. Like the worst ever. Yeah. We managed to rush for 220 yards a game in the SEC. Yeah. Have no idea why. But it was just like you can do things in that system to manipulate blocking schemes. You're not running downhill all the time. You can suck. There's so many things you can do, right? And a key, but a key part of that is going to be can the quarterback run the football? Peyton Thorne, I haven't seen enough from him. Like, he's more of a Bo Wallace type guy, okay? Yeah. He can run, but he's not going to beat you running. Robbie Ashford will beat your ass running. If he can get the Auburn-Alabama Robbie Ashford to play for Auburn this year, just that one game, that guy, the guy was making throws, he was running, playing out of his mind. If that guy shows up in Auburn-Alabama this year, they're going to be a problem. There'll be a headache because he can do things offensively that can eliminate some of the weaknesses. Yeah. All right. I think they're going to be fine on defense. I think Ron Roberts, one of the best coordinators in the country. He's got a, a chance stud. to be really good on the back got a, end. Of got defense. a good chance to be really good on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate he knows that I'm not telling anything out of turn. I guess I am, I don't care. I begged him not to give up play calling when he got this job. I think he's done it. I wish I wish Hugh was calling it. I understand why, but I wish he was calling it. Hugh Freeze is one of the best in-game callers of plays I've ever been around. All right, he can. He sees it. He does a great job. I'll be shocked
1: if he's not doing it by
2: the middle of the year. He's not though. He really isn't. Okay. Um, Me too. I wish. I hope. I hope. I hope he does. I asked him specifically. Please, if you take this job, please call the place. I I specifically asked him that. Um, But I I think he's one of the best play callers Um, I've ever been around for sure. And I've been around some good ones. uh, A couple in this league. Um, But Montgomery's calling it. You know, it was at Tulsa last year. He's also a great coach. But I'm just – that would be the biggest things for me because I I think they're – if Robbie Ashford, if Hugh Freeze can get the Alabama game quarterback out of Robbie Ashford, they're going to be hell on wheels.
1: All right, we'll do this on Thursday with the SEC East. Thanks for uh, being with us. Appreciate you joining us. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push your limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler Sisky I'm Neil McCready. Until Thursday, take care.